fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butt. Look at him, kid. To infinity and beyond! It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me, and my natural response could be to get offended. Well, fine, let's talk about it. Any thoughts of, of your own on this matter? But you, is that your thing? You come into a bar, you read some obscure passage, and then pretend you, you pawn it off as your own idea to impress some girl? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. Yes, it is the 30-something movie podcast. Yes, Pinky. I know that, that was going the wrong direction. But it is the 30-something movie podcast. I am your host, John Reed. And I am here with two fellow, are we black belts? I don't know. What are we tonight? What do you want to be? What do you want to be? Black pack? belts in what? I mean, I have a I have a black belt <laughs> that I wear if I'm also wearing black shoes and Oh, you have multiple belts. I have a that's... black and a brown. So Okay, that's yeah. impressive. We, we 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 need a YouTube channel for Bo's reaction to that statement alone. <laughs> we need that we need Bo's black belt in what? Black belts in what? Uh-huh. Mm. Uh-huh. Black belts. It, well, I tell you what, it was a black belt in tonight. My my child had wanted. To, my oldest child had wanted to go to Olive Garden for a very long time, and we had okay. not been. And I think we probably are the the. We'll refer to it as the bulging black belts of breadsticks. There we go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Soup salad now, and breadsticks. Now, if you want to say black belt in pasta, I'll give you that. I have uh, no no pasta was necessarily had. We had the soup salad and breadsticks, and and emphasis on the breadsticks, and mm-hmm. probably reaching about you know, six thousand percent of our daily nutritional value of carbohydrates. And <laughs> there you go. You're, you're breaded yeah. out. We uh, yes, yes. So. That's that's what I might be a black belt in now, but I would have to definitely loosen the black belt at this point. There it is. So, how's it going, gents? Quite well, John. How about yourself? Doing good. Doing good. What about you, Pat? How are you? Man, life is good. Um, life is good. The family. We're doing the we're doing the chronological of Star Wars. I yes. think I've kept you guys up to date. So we're working our way through Rebels, and Andor is up next, and we're just. Loving that as a family. And then Dominic and I are watching through all the Marvel movies. So that's super exciting. And we're just about to enter phase three with Captain America Civil War. And that's about where Tammy fell out of it too. So she started to kind of come in and watch some of them too. Okay. And it's fun. It's fun watching it with them. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Especially because they were like, okay, Guardians, interesting, you know? And then, my gosh, that was unbelievable. We just got to Ant-Man. And they were both kind of like, well, okay, Ant-Man. And Dominic's thing was, Dad, do we have to watch Ant-Man? And I'm just like, hey, just trust me. You'll like it. And his take was, wow, I did not expect that. I really, <laughs> really, really enjoyed Ant-Man. That was awesome. You know, so it was, it's fun. It's fun going through all that. There are only a few, I, I want to say maybe two or three, maybe three, of the Marvel movies that I saw in the theater more than once. Yeah. One of those is the original Avengers. And the other one is Ant Man. Yeah. And there might be there might be another one, but 
from what I can recall, the original Avengers I saw in the theater maybe three times. And then Ant-Man, I think I saw in the theater at least twice. Because, yeah, it was, just, it was so much fun. And I, I didn't expect much because, you know, the character in the comics, I was like, eh, okay, it's Ant-Man. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I went and saw it and, and loved it. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go see this again. Yeah. Yeah. My my sleeper hit for that was uh, Doctor Strange. Okay. Going to Doctor Strange. I mean, I I was like, okay, this will be fun, you know, interesting. This will... And then I just, I, 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 I am never bored watching that movie. I, I don't know. I'm a fan. So I liked all the Marvel movies, yeah. but I mean, Dr. Strange was the one that I was like, okay, this will be interesting. And then, yeah, it was, yeah. So it's just fun stuff. So I can't wait to work through all that stuff with them. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So we've got, actually, I think it's, I'm, I'm trying to think of when, when we're recording this versus when it comes out. Yes. So this one will come out. This is Dragon the Bruce Lee story. I don't know if I've mentioned that yet or not. And we do oh, spoil yes. we spoil the movies we talk about. So as we get going, we're going to spoil that movie. And we might mention other martial arts or martial arts adjacent movies. And we'll just talk. Oh, jeez. So just, just maybe. Oh, P- Pat has like an 88-page PDF that he's created of all the martial arts movies he wants to discuss tonight. So. Yeah, and, and most of it's just going to be like, dude, this is awesome. Dude, check this out. Oh, check this out. Mm-hmm. That's basically all the commentary it'll be. So so gird your loins with whatever black belt you happen to be wearing because we might be here a while is what we're kind of saying. But, yeah, so I this one this one's coming out. I want to say this should be coming out around about the 25th of January, so that last week of January. I'm going to throw this out here to the masses because I will still be there for, like, a day and a half at this point. I'm headed to New Orleans next week and going to be there for a few days for a, a work, work-related thing. And I have looked at some different places to go and spots to check out in the evening times when there aren't meetings and, and other convention-related stuff. And uh, if there's anybody out there that's like, I love New Orleans, I got weird and quirky places for you to go visit, I've started a little bit of a list, but if anybody's got some stuff, throw it out there because when I go places, I like to go to like weird and quirky little places that are not... Kind of a little off the beaten track, not necessarily not necessarily touristy places. Those are fine too. But if anybody's got any, I am gonna try to stop. One thing that I've I've in my back of my mind, I'm like, you know what, when I go to a city at this point now, I would like to stop and see if I can find locations where a movie might have been filmed and like mm. take a couple pictures there or something like that. And I did find a couple of different locations that I might try to, to kind of stake out and maybe grab a couple of photos. I mean, obviously, Interview with a Vampire was filmed there. I think Runaway Jury was filmed there. That was that John Cusack, Gene Hackman movie. What else? Streetcar Named Desire was filmed there. Live and Let Die was filmed there. Bunch of other Runaway stuff. Jur- Runaway Jury was a John Grisham, right? Yes. Okay, was that the one where they were taking on the cigarette companies? Cigarette. I think it was. Yes. It was like, I might be wrong, but it was like some class action thing and they ended up like deciding to like go after the cigarette company or. I believe so. It's been a while. I mean, we we watched that one several times many years ago, but it's been a while since I've seen it. I think it is. That's the one with John Cusack, Rachel Weisz, Gene Hackman. And you see like all the kind of all the, he's the, I don't remember what like his, his exact job description is in the movie, but Gene Hackman is the one that's like doing all the background info on the on the jury and, and all that piece. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's funny. I've, I've hardly seen any of the John Grisham movies, but I've read all the books. Okay. I really fell into like reading his books. Like I, I, there was like a year where I just went through like, bam, 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 yeah. like read them all. 
Well, I know the Pelican Brief has some scenes that were filmed there, and I know that there's a few other movies that were filmed in New Orleans. So I'm going to see if I can, if I got some time. And I know there's some famous spots. Actually, one of the the famous restaurants that's there, I was like, oh, I remember as a kid, I remember like walking by this restaurant when we went there. I think it was nine when we went there with my family. And I remember walking by this restaurant and... I also remember seeing it in several different movies and kind of hearing about it. And I was like, Antoine's, like I, I keep hearing that's like one of the most famous restaurants in all of New Orleans. And I looked it up and it's actually the oldest restaurant, according to what I found. It's the oldest restaurant in the United States and has been owned by the same family since 1840 or I don't know, something crazy when it first started. So it's like the oldest. That's pretty cool. Continually running. And so I was like, well, maybe I'll go there. Maybe like one of the nights I'll stop there and, and, and pop in for dinner or something like that. And then I looked at, at the menu. And the menu looked amazing. And then I looked at the prices. <laughs> and then John said, maybe I'll take a picture of the front of the restaurant. So what Because, because I, loves me, I loves me some shrimp. But I don't know about $60 for a plate of shrimp. Yeah. Right. So it's got to be a heck of a shrimp. That's not, do they have anything right. on the menu that's been there since the 1880s? I don't know. That'd be a good question. That would be fun. Maybe I can like stick my head in the door and just ask them that real quick. Yeah. So no, I've, I've got some, I've got some places in mind that I would like to kind of stop by and visit. But if anybody's listening to this, this is coming out on Wednesday. I think Wednesday, I said the January 25th. I will still be there for like another maybe 24 hours by the time you hear this episode. So, and maybe I'll throw this question out on Twitter too. But if anybody's got stuff, they're like, yeah, no, this movie was actually filmed in New Orleans too. Or you got to go here. You got to go this place. And if you got any suggestions, throw them out there. Because the last time I was there, I was nine years old. So I don't remember too much of it all. And I'm sure I, I would hazard a guess and say New Orleans has probably changed in the last 32, 33 years. So as things tend to do. Yes. It's, it's always good to have tips. Yeah. All right. Well, you're not here for the 30-something travel podcast. A little bit later, based on the three questions, you will be here again for the 30-something, mo- 30-something food podcast, because as always, we do have a food question, as we are want to do, or, or wanton to do, as it is this time. So this time, like I said, we got Dragon the Bruce Lee story. I don't think we got anything else going on news wise so i think we can just dive right on in pat's i know pat's chomping at the bit here to to get going with this one because you've got your like your your tome of notes that i'm sure you yeah taken, or at least that's lodged in your brain i love this movie <laughs> <laughs> i love this movie it was i'm gonna get out a little bit ahead of our usual comments and say it was a fun movie i had never seen it before so it was it was a lot of fun yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. Like I didn't know anything about the man really. So this was this was super cool. Well, and what I understand is and, and Pat, you can probably educate us because I know you're you're definitely the biggest of the Bruce Lee fans in the room here. I'm sure you can educate us a little bit, but my understanding is and and probably reasonably so, there are a lot of things in this movie that are highly fictionalized. So there's a lot of parts of it where I'm like how much of this can I trust as an actual, like, like where either a, a send up slash homage to the martial arts movies where we're, we're kind of paying tribute to that versus an actual biopic that's trying to be accurate. And it's, it's definitely a blending of those, but it seems like there's quite a bit that is a highly fictionalized 
artistic choice. Yeah, that helps to build the story. Oh, it it definitely works. But yeah, it's it's (laughs) as a biopic, it's not. I don't think it's very trustworthy necessarily. Oh, right, right. Well, that's yeah. I mean, and you know, you research it, and it's funny because it 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 does. And I don't know if I'm jumping the gun here. It does follow like some in general, like some of the big parts of his life. Yeah, like the major events, but they are kind of like dramatized, changed around. Yeah. I mean, there's focus on the supernatural. Right. You know, things like that. But it works. And it's funny because, like, I find myself sometimes talking about biopics, and it's just like, man, why do they have to do that? Why don't they just tell the real story? It mm-hmm. would be better. And bop, 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 bop. We talked about that with The Doors. Like, yeah. Yeah. great music. And, boy, Iceman really captured Jim Morrison. But... You know, this, it just seems so fictionalized, Yeah. right? But here, it really, really works. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, and I think, um, and I think, yeah. and, and and we'll go ahead and get into our, the, we'll, we'll give yeah, you all go the. go ahead, start the, start oh, no. the show, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll give you all the details of the movie and the actors and director and everything else. But the one thing, before I forget it, the one thing I do want to say is kind of along the lines of what you were saying, Pat, is I felt, as I was watching this movie, I felt like not to the extreme degree that you get in the movie Weird. I don't know if you guys have seen the Weird Al biopic yet. I have not yet. Okay. That one is to an extreme degree. Like, But it it needs to be because it's a biopic about Weird Al. And I I cannot, I don't have enough thumbs to give that movie. Oh, you, you have seen it. Okay. I have, yeah, I'm sorry. I was oh, yeah. on mute. I was, I was yeah. John, yeah. you watched the whole thing? Oh, yeah. I, I didn't think it could get any better, and then it ended, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Yeah, I it mean, was it was it appropriate. Is. I mean, the movie's title is Weird. It's a yeah. biopic mm-hmm. of Weird Al, and so you know that you have a sense that some of it is going to be fictionalized, and I've said this before on the show, but once you get into watching the movie, about maybe not even five minutes in, you're like, oh, so it's going to get this crazy. Yeah. Okay. And I kind of got the sense when certain things were happening in in Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, I was like, this is giving me a little bit of a feel, not to the same degree, like not as not as intense and, and not as exaggerated as the Weird Al biopic. But some of it was like, I feel like this is very exaggerated to a degree that's appropriate for the personality and movie career of Bruce Lee. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And it's funny, I was going to draw that parallel, too. Okay, okay, to, well, good. To, I'm, the, I'm not... to the Weird Al thing. Well, good. So, and yeah, that's, I think, that's yeah. W- That's one last piece of evidence towards proving that I'm crazy, then. <laughs> there's there you plenty, go. There's plenty out there, but that's one less thing. There you go. All right, well, here's a little uh, trivia pursuit for you. The title of this one is Dragon, the Bruce Lee Story. Release date was 7th of May, 1993. Actually, oddly enough, the next two movies we are going to be doing are both released on the exact same day. So I believe it's next week's movie is Dave, the political dramedy, I guess we could probably call it, from 1993. Actually also came out on the 7th of May, 1993. So both of these came out on the same day. So you'll Interesting. Hear, you'll hear that one next week. This was rated PG-13 with a runtime of two hours. A lot less kung fu in Dave. Yes. Just as a quick preview for everybody. Kevin Klein, not quite as much Kung Fu. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it could have been cool, but for this one was Rob Cohen. He did Triple X and The Fast and the Furious. 
Writers for this one were Robert Klaus, who did the book this was based off of. He died in 97. Linda Lee Cadwell, who also helped work on the book and was Bruce Lee's wife. Edward Kamara did the screenplay. John Raffo did the screenplay. And Rob Cohen also helped with the screenplay. Klaus also wrote Game of Death, which is another Bruce Lee's movies that we'll talk about here in a little bit. Cadwell also wrote A Night in Heaven. Kamara wrote Enemy Mine. Raffo did The Relic. And Cohen did a movie called Scandalous. Producer on this one was Rafaela De Laurentiis. The De Laurentiis name should be familiar to anybody who's watched any movies. Rafaela also did the 1984 Dune and was a producer for Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. Music was done by Randy Edelman, who did The Last of the Mohicans and Six Days, Seven Nights. Cinematography was done by David Egby, who did Mad Max and Pitch Black. Editor was Peter Emmonson. He did Pacific Rim and Mortal Kombat. Budget was 16 million. Box office was 63.5 million. Flick Metrics gives it a 68%. Cinema score did not have a score for this one. Jason Scott Lee, no relation, played Bruce Lee. He was in Born in East LA and Back to the Future 2. Lauren Hawley played Linda Lee. She was in Dumb and Dumber and What Women Want. Robert Wagner played Bill Krieger. He was in Austin Powers. He also likes to live dangerously. I don't know if you know that. He was also in Midway. Michael Learned played Vivian Emery. She was in The Waltons and the TV series Dahmer. I think that was the one that just came out on Netflix not too long ago. Nancy Kwan played Gussie Yang. She was in The World of Susie Wong and Cold Dog Soup. Rick Young played Bruce's father. He was in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Seven Years in Tibet. And Sven Ol Thorsen played The Demon. He was in Conan the Barbarian, Predator, and pretty much every other Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that was in the 80s. All right, so let's see. Let's give you some trivia here real quick. So a few things. The film was directed by Rob Cohen, starred Jason Scott Lee as Bruce Lee. Jason Scott Lee's not related to Bruce Lee, but does share the same last name, obviously. The movie was written by Robert Klaus, who did, uh, he directed Bruce Lee's final film, Enter the Dragon. Film is based on the book, Bruce Lee, The Man Only I Knew, written by Linda Lee Cadwell, his wife. Many of the fight scenes were choreographed by Daniel Lee, also not related to Bruce Lee, but he was a student of Bruce Lee's Wing Chun teacher, Yip Man. Some of the fight scenes in the film were shot in the same location where Bruce Lee's films were shot, such as the Kowloon Walled City. To prepare for his role as Bruce Lee, Jason Scott Lee trained in martial arts for six months and even performed many of his own stunts in the film. And I tried to do a little bit of background on this, and, and I, I think this may be accurate, but anybody can correct me if I'm wrong here, if you, if you know otherwise. Dragon the Bruce Lee story was the first major Hollywood film to feature an Asian-American actor in the lead role. That seems crazy that 1993 would be the first time you'd have a Hollywood yeah, movie. Yeah, none of the Jackie Chan movies that came before this qualify as that I, I they're all hong kong i don't know that they're considered hollywood uh, fair enough so he obviously there were some hollywood movies he was in later but right right but yeah, yeah. wow that's crazy so that would be kind yeah. of if true that would be kind of crazy that it wasn't until 1993 that we had an asian american actor in the lead role of a hollywood movie yeah i mean it's funny because you think about that and all the <clears throat> martial arts movies which i mean in and of itself this me drawing that parallel is kind of like is, is a little bit of a stereotyping thing, assuming Asian and martial arts has to go together. Mm, yeah. But I was thinking of it from the martial arts standpoint. I don't think there was a real big Hollywood martial arts movie. I mean, other than like enter the dragon before yeah. this one. Oh yeah. No. Do you, mm-hmm. do you know what I'm saying? Like, cause when Jackie Chan was, what's the one with Chris Tucker? A rush, rush hour, hour. Rush, yeah. hour. Rush, hour. Yeah. rush hour, rush hour was the first like Hollywood 
martial arts movie. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like everything else was was like a Hong Kong deal. So yeah, yeah, man. That's but I mean the fact that the first Asian star lead. Yeah, I did a quick Google search. I don't know if this is accurate or not. What do we got? Well, so it says here, according to Wikipedia, there was a movie in 1955 called Bad Day at Black Rock. That was a okay. that was a one of the first Hollywood movies to feature martial arts. There was another thing that popped up here that said the movie King Boxer from 1972. When I when I Google searched first Hollywood martial arts movie, mm-hmm. uh, it came up with 1972's King Boxer. Okay. So I don't know. I, without having done a little bit more research on it, I'm not 100% sure. Now, Chinese films that, so they say here, the first ever martial arts film was a Chinese film released in 1928 called The Burning of the Red Lotus Temple. Okay. So Chinese films, they go as far back as the 1920s. Sure, but yeah, and, yeah. And for the most part, I think that really it, it was still it was still like the kung fu movies that were produced in in Hong Kong or China and mm-hmm. then dubbed for American audiences yeah. you really didn't have too many that were actually you know th- that first got started in Hollywood yeah no i i, I honestly I, i'm like i i could be way off with this but I, I really think it was Jackie Chan's rush hour was like the first one yeah that was like a hollywood film did rush I mean, hour did rush could, hour come after the matrix because i'd throw that in i'd argue that the matrix would be even earlier than that let's see matrix was 99 i thought rush yeah. hour was before that was it okay all right i'm kind of like i do hold on let me I, see but i yeah, would like my gut says yes but you know i, I could be i could be way rush hour was 98 okay yeah all right because then it became well, check out the big know. brain on pat mm-hmm. <laughs> because then then the floodgates opened yeah. And, you know, you had, you know, well, you know, that even that before. Well, what about what about Rumble in the Bronx? Because I well, feel like in the, wasn't that one of the Rumble. first wasn't that one of the first was that was that a Hollywood produced? Because I feel like that was 96. Maybe. Let's see. Rumble in the Bronx is 95. 95. OK. Jackie Chan. Original title was Hung Fan Kui, so I don't okay. think it was Hollywood produced. All right. But let's see what I can find out. Mm, yeah, yeah. I was, I, yeah, I was looking it up real quick. It's uh, the I'm film not is... fancy IMDb Pro, so I can't click on that okay. link. Film is set in the Bronx area of New York City, but was filmed in and around Vancouver. Mm. Production company was Paragon Films Limited. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it was a... Like maybe a joint U- yeah, U.S. Hong I, Kong. The original venture. title being Huang Fan Kui makes yeah. me think, and the director was Stanley Tong. So that feels like it might have been, yeah, at least partially financed overseas. Right. Right. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's what it, I think a lot of them were, and I mean. The bottom line is yeah. they were working their way in. Right. But right. I mean, I, I'm not trying to be like a purist about it, but that's what I think. I think they were like a joint, a joint thing because yeah. I, I, and, and I know there were, well, what's the, like, I mean, what's the line from the movie? Oh gosh, this is Hollywood. This is big budgets, big, you know, even, even for, 
even at that time they were looking for Hollywood investors because right. Well, because right. 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 Well, and, and two, I mean, enter the dragon was a Hollywood film. Yeah. You know right. what I'm saying? So, I mean, so going all the way back and that's what they bring up in this one. So that's kind of was one of the original ones, but that's the thing is, is that it's a case of just Bruce just went before his time. I mean, you, you imagine what, and I don't know, oh, it's yeah. what it could have, and I don't want to get like what could have been kind of thing. I mean, you, you don't like to see anybody because it's a loss to his family and everything like that. But I mean, you think like how far that cause would have been advanced if he would have just kept going, right. you know, right. And not even just making it just about martial arts, but like, but just having an Asian person in a lead role. And I thought that was a good theme that came out in this movie too. And I thought they did it in a, in a really good way in this movie, kind of showing that perspective, you yeah. know? Yeah. All right. Well, let me give you a, let me give you a synopsis real quick. We'll get the trailer for this one, and then we will dive on into some major moments to help kind of recap the movie in case you haven't seen it or in case you haven't seen it recently. We'll run through some stuff real quick, and then we'll get on into kind of our we've already started to, but we'll get on into our our thoughts and and deeper thoughts and deeper feelings. We will we will be like water. We will flow as we do the podcast here. So synopsis real quick for this one. In a world where one man's journey inspires a nation, the legend of Bruce Lee comes to life. From the streets of Hong Kong to the bright lights of Hollywood, follow the rise of a true icon as he fights to prove himself in a world that refuses to accept him. But when personal tragedy strikes, Bruce must dig deep and find the strength to overcome all obstacles. Experience the epic tale of Dragon, the Bruce Lee story a film that pays tribute to the man who changed the face of martial arts forever. It's your birth certificate. Bruce Lee. It sounded very American. I'm going to America. French fries. Sky's the limit, that's what they say. Not a Chinaman's chance. They say that too? I'm different. You kind don't understand English. You guys killed my dad in Korea. You think I'm happy to see you, my Jim? Don't touch me. Or what? Huh? Well, I'll touch you back. You're not really an American. This guy Lee, he's awfully oriental. He's playing oriental. And you can't change people with your fists. You kiss him. Kiss him. At least. He defied tradition. I'd like to take some lessons. I'd like to give them. Now, you're not Chinese. Notice that. You've been charged with violating the martial arts code. This is the first Bruce Lee Kung Fu Institute. We do not teach our secrets to the enemy. I'll teach whoever wants to learn. Some of them chop sake flip, man. He began a revolution. I have developed a way of fighting with no fixed positions. And became a leader. You are ordered to stop teaching. You die in Hong Kong. I've seen it. So some major moments in this one. 
First major moment, I'm calling this, and, and Pat, you should appreciate this one. I'm calling the first major moment, Luck Dragon. The chasing of bullies <laughs> into a dumpster story, or... Ahoy, sailor. So we, we get the opening scene, and right away we, we get a, a really fun fight scene in here when we've got these sailors, and, and and immediately they're harassing some of the Chinese teenagers at this dance, and Bruce steps in. And this is where, much like, and I'm, I'm probably going to draw the parallel to this a couple times more, so Pat, you feel free, feel free to jump in here as well with, with some of your thoughts on it too. The This is the, the moment when I knew this was giving me Weird Al biopic vibes. Because you, you mm-hmm. start the fight, and immediately as you get into the fight, all of a sudden it's it's one of those moments where he's getting in the fight, and suddenly his shirt just gets randomly ripped off. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, I and know. he's already, you can tell that underneath the shirt, someone has pulled a uh, groundskeeper Willie moment with the lunch lady, Doris. Do you have any <laughs> grease? <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, I, I do. <laughs> then grease me up, woman. So yeah. we, we had a bit of a <laughs> we had a bit of a groundskeeper Willie moment where he's already already very much he's been oiled up underneath the shirt that got ripped off and then uh, through that fight scene a fun moment when then he ends up somehow somehow positions himself so he puts on one of the sailor's shirts while the sailor is still wearing it yeah and, and dances around and it's just that the, was awesome the, the ridiculousness of the fight and the ridiculousness of everything that's happening kind of immediately i think sets the tone for the rest of the movie it's like oh okay this this is, this well, is not the, this is not a hard factual biopic this is going to be a a fun kind of yeah there's going to be some true stuff in here but we're going to throw in a little craziness too well i yeah, go ahead. Oh, please. I'm gonna, I'm no, gonna no, actually, I, as I was speaking, I was realizing that my point might be better later once we get to that part. Okay. So. okay. Well, the only thing I was going to say is that it's like it's done in the style of a kung fu movie. Yeah. Right? Because, I mean, and I'll say this, the fight sequences are pretty awesome. You know, like when he's, when he's uh, like, they're, they're a crisp, well choreographed, they're fun to watch. But then they also get like some humor in there when he's dancing around in the guy's shirt. Uh, with the guy still in it when he's doing the backflips and jumps up on the table and like eats the cake and then throws it away is, is great. And then also the sound effects, like when he throws the guy mm-hmm. and you hear the bowling pin sound effect. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just stuff like that. It's, it just gives it a sense of fun as well as dude, these are pretty cool fight sequences. Yeah. And I mean, Jason Scott Lee is just epic as Bruce. I mean, he's just, it's so fun to watch him on screen. He, yeah, he's just, he's just, a, he's a great leading character. I, 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 I thoroughly enjoy watching him on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially when every scene you get of him walking in is from behind. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it's finally right when he confronts the guy, that's when the camera just does like the, not the 360, I guess, what would it be? The 180, mm-hmm. like the camera just comes around and is looking at him. Yeah. That's fun stuff. So we've got we've got a few things as we're going along in these in these major moments. I'll I'll kind of drop some of these things as well. So some of the areas from what I was able to find in, in some of the little little tiny bit of research that I did do was that some of the places where obviously this does diverge a little bit from reality, and it sounds like a lot of Bruce Lee's life we don't necessarily know a lot about. That some of that is still somewhat shrouded in mystery. But a couple of things in here. Early on in the movie, because our next major moment is talking about as he comes to America, kind of his arrival in the United States, struggles to find acceptance, you know, when he's working in the kitchen at that part of the movie. There are some things where supposedly 
that is very, very different from the way that his early life kind of took place. There, Some of the things that I read was that his father was actually a very, very prolific opera singer and had toured, and that's why he had been born in the United States, had toured in the United States, was in movies that he and... He actually had several siblings, and his, his mother and father were both alive. And so apparently there was kind of... Bruce Lee himself had been... What I read was that he had been in 20 movies in Hong Kong by the time he was 18 years old, by the time he left for America. So he was no stranger to... He was no stranger to being behind the camera or in front of the camera. And I want to say, too, and you maybe just said this, maybe I misunderstood, but I think he had been to America as a kid and had performed as well. I might I might okay. be way off on that, but I think I think there was there was performing in America like he was. Right. Yeah, that he was that he was pretty involved in performance, not only in Hong Kong, but in America. I yeah. could be I could be way off with that, though. So no, no, that that, that sounds that sounds Pretty close. Sounds pretty accurate to some of the stuff I was reading. So, and and I and I, my understanding too is is that he was always getting challenged with fights. That mm-hmm. he he did have a reputation of as getting into fights. Yeah. Right. Back in Hong Kong and that. So like the scene with the sailors. Well, it was very kung fu movie and and kind of making the film, you know, a little bit more of the exaggerated type stuff and the, the fight with the kitchen, <laughs> you yeah. know. What was that gal's name? April? April. No. Yeah, April. April. Yeah, that guy with the guys out there. I mean, but they did. But I mean, some of the reading I've had is that he was getting challenged to fights all the time, mm-hmm. and that and and like going ahead to later in the film, like when some of those fights happened actually on the sets of movies, that 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 was a thing that would happen with him is that you know people would challenge him to fights, and he'd oblige. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next major moment. Well, we started talking about the coming to America major moment. This follow-up major moment I'm calling the first rule of Jeet Kune, Do Club, Jeet Kune Do Club is you don't apparently overstep your bounds when it comes to following the martial arts code. And so we have he gets confronted and told he is basically breaking the code, sharing secrets he shouldn't be sharing, and that's a big no-no. And so we, we end up having a, a little bit of a like a trial by combat kind of a deal here. Yes. And that's a fun scene when they go into like the underground. And this is another one that I'm I'm sure this whole kind of underground lair, almost kind of like a coliseum type battle. I'm yeah. sure that that is definitely very much fictionalized, but a very, very fun fight. I'm sure it was a very underground fight because if it wasn't, the cops would have been called. But I am sure it was not as... An organized underground fight, as we saw. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it almost felt that, contrived. Yeah, you know, and and that was it's probably thing, in the I've, back of a. It's probably in the back of a bar. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's interesting because I've talked to you know, and obviously different countries, but I've talked to people that were in, in studied Korean martial art, and they talked about that 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 was kind of the way is that like if. Th- that would happen is that, Hey, they show up and it's like, Hey, we're taking over your school mm-hmm. and there'd be a fight. And if you lost, they took over your school. Yeah. And if you won that, and that was kind of, that was kind of the way. And, and again, I, I, I don't want to assume that just because that was like in, in Korea, that that's how it was with China and that tradition. But it, that was, that was kind of an aspect of who are you going to teach and all that kind of thing. Well, it's how it works in Cobra Kai. Yeah, there <laughs> it is. 
And I will say that the, 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 the famous fight where Bruce Lee, that they show in this one, where it was the underground layer, supposedly, you know, because I think, I think Linda, Linda Lee might have been there as well. But supposedly the fight didn't last as long as what they portrayed. And what basically consisted of Bruce chasing the guy around because the guy just wanted to get away from him because Bruce was such a ferocious fighter is the guy just tried to get away and Bruce chased him down and basically finished it, finished the fight. And it wasn't like, it wasn't as close as what they portrayed. Definitely. He didn't get injured at the end of it and all that kind of thing. However, when he got done, he, they did say that he was inconsolable and what upset him so much was how long it took for him to finish this guy off and that he had to chase him down and that it took so long. And that you kind of get aspects of that in there. And, and that's when he started to really like say that, well, this traditional fighting and the traditional forms and this moving from the set stances and all that kind of thing is outdated and doesn't have application in real life. Right. Which is kind of the, always the big debate with martial arts now is that, OK, well, if you're learning these forms and you're learning all this, how does that apply to real life on the street? Which then was kind of like why the Gracie started ultimate fighting and all that kind of thing, which is a different discussion for a different podcast. But the point was, is that there were elements of truth of what they showed, but the fight wasn't anywhere near as close or as that. But Bruce came out of that and that's where he was like, man. And that's where he started to develop Jeet Kune Do with the idea that there were no forms and it was basically more just fight oriented. Mm -hmm. And he started to study boxing and wrestling and fencing and just basically any kind of fighting he could, because that was his idea, you know, was to, was to come up with something that would have application on the street. And that's, that, that did upset him is, was, man, this just took too long. I, sh it shouldn't have taken me this long to finish this guy. Yeah. Well, and, and in the movie, he gets his back broken in the fight yeah. and that supposedly never happened at all in his life. And the other fight later on that he has with Johnny son never happened as well. In fact, one of the things I read was that Johnny son actually, he went and he sued the producers because he was upset about how he was portrayed in the movie. So clearly a lot of that was, was a fabrication for the movie itself, but, but yeah, still getting at the idea of like some of his struggles. I think a, a, a blending of some of the legends behind his struggles into a entertaining American Kung Fu movie. Yeah. Well, they're, they're making, it's a great, it's a great martial arts movie, right? Yeah. It's, I mean, and that's, that's what makes the movie so fun. Yeah. I mean, and it's, I think it's a real like love letter to Bruce Lee and what he stood for. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like I said, I, I, Boy, I'd, I'd be upset if, like, my name was in it. Like, you mentioned that the one character sued, like, hey, I don't like my portrayal. Yeah. You know, that, that's unfortunate. But, I mean, as far as making Bruce Lee seem larger than life and mm -hmm. awesome fights and, like you said, the, the cool underground layer where the fight takes place, I mean, that's just, it's, you want to say, dude, that's, like, right out of a movie, you know, so. I guess. It, it looked like Conan the Barbarian is what it looked like. Right. <laughs> Actually, you know what it made me think of? There's that scene, and unfortunately, the movies sort of blend together in my head. But there's a scene in one of the Blade movies. Yes. Uh -huh. Where he walks into, like, this concrete underground space. And it felt like that to me. I was like, yeah. oh, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For all I know, they shot it in the same plate. You know what right. I mean? Like, mm. yeah. <laughs> right. Right. 
Well, um, and it's it's almost like what was the what was the Van Damme movie where he had to go to the Kumite and he was they were was it Bloodsport where they were they he was the fighter for like money or whatever and and like they were always going to like a different location for their fight and it was something ridiculous it was something like that it was like in this underground layer or like it was a like a swimming pool that was half empty. Yeah. Right? I, think it was, I, think it was I love, I love it when they do that. Like yeah, the shallow end was no water. And then the, the deep end had water. And then there was the one where they just drove the cars in the circle and they fought in the middle of the cars. And yeah, I think, I, blood, mean, I think was, blood sports the one you're thinking of. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just fun stuff, man. Yeah. Well, and I, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of the thing. I'm getting ahead of the thing, but like when they're fighting on the movie set, that was ridiculous. Oh yeah. You know, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with the saw and they like mm-hmm. into the freezer with the blocks of ice. And it's so funny because at the end of that, the guy's like, this is the best fight scene I ever shot. Yeah. Well, half of it happened down below in this room yeah, that I you didn't, I even see. didn't even see. It, so right? I don't. What, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and again, like that's, there's some basis in reality, right? Like that would happen on the movies. Like there'd be the oh, extras would come up and just be like, dude, I don't know if this Bruce Lee guy is as good as, and there'd be a challenge and there'd be a fight and, they, I've, I've, I've read accounts where that that was what would happen on the set yeah. is they just, there'd be guys that wanted to see if Bruce Lee was really all the hype. And so there'd be, a, there'd be a fight. Yeah. Which is just nuts. Which so, makes the whole green Hornet thing that much more awesome. When he just right? like, those guys don't even know like, like what is going on. My, my favorite part of that was I, I thought it would look better I or however he yeah. worded it. I was like, that's yeah. just awesome. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Careful Thank coming you. down these stairs. Yeah, don't want can't. you to slip. Be careful. Yeah. Well, the so you bring us explodes. you bring us into major moment number three, and that's what I'm calling California Dreaming, where he gets yeah. into Hollywood and he gets into he, he tries to get in as Cato in the Green Hornet show, and then also there's the implication that he helped come up with the idea for the Kung Fu series, and he lost out to David Carradine for that one. Also, I will point out here that he had apparently had nothing to do with the idea for the Kung Fu TV series, that apparently it was being produced as a movie, and there was some consideration to have him be the starring role of it, and apparently it kind of took too long, so then he went to Hong Kong to make some movies there. In the meantime, while he's there making movies, they had switched it to, they were going to turn it into a TV series, Apparently, he came back, he auditioned for it, didn't get the audition, and that's when David Carradine got it. So so kind of the implication that he came up with the idea and then it got stolen from him, not really necessarily true. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, But a bunch of fun scenes when he starts to, like, he's, he's, he's made it big. He's gone from starting his you know, his, his little school that he's got and building that up into what it became and, and then, you know, straight on into Hollywood where he's buying the buying the big cars and, and going to the parties and everything else. And, and then it, it we kind of hit the brakes a little bit. We realize we get the scenes where it looks to be that they were struggling a bit with money and a lot of bills were coming past due. And then we get the scenes where we find out about the death of Bruce's father. And that's kind of we move into the major moment that I'm just gonna, I'm calling Hong Kong because he goes back to Hong Kong based on uh, – going for the death of his father, but then that kind of got him into, well, I, I haven't been able to break into the American movies or TV shows as I had wanted to, but I'm huge. I'm big here in Hong Kong, so I have some opportunities here, so that's when I uh, started working into some of the martial arts films that were being produced in Hong Kong at the time. 
And then kind of the last major moment here is, I'm calling this, Enter the Dragon slash Battling His Demons. And we see kind of a final showdown with his own personal demons as he confronts his fear of death and, and kind of what he feels like may be his own limitations. And this is something that he has been hallucinating throughout the movie. After his father kind of tells him this before he leaves for Hong, leaves for America for the first time, and talks about how when they had raised him, they tried to hide him because they were worried that the demon would be after him. And, and so throughout the movie, as he kind of questions himself and his abilities and, you know, and kind of his own personal struggles, he does tend to hallucinate this demon from time to time. And we have kind of this final battle with this demon at the end. And it's it's very much, it's 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 a bit of an acid trip ending to the movie here as we see him kind of dealing with that, but also kind of foretelling his own death coming up pretty soon. That demon was just cool. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to say that. That thing oh, was yeah. awesome. And, and man, that thing is scary. Like, I was watching yeah. it. Like, dude, when I first saw this movie, I was freaked out with that thing. I'm freaked out now with that thing. It, <laughs> it looks cool. It moves cool. It's got those spikes that pop out at the end, right? And then the other yeah. thing is, like, the sound editing, the sound of the demon. It's just people screaming and, like, mm-hmm. ch- like metal scraping sounds and people screaming and crying. And I'm just like, dude, that thing's awesome. I'm embarrassed to say what it reminded me of. Dude, what did it remind you of? Shredder from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right? Mm -hmm. Right? I was like, oh, dude. (laughs) I see where maybe they got the inspiration for Shredder from. Just saying. Dump some some ooze on that guy and make him super demon. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah, that thing was awesome. Super (laughs) demon. Now you got me all spun up. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And, and and that final fight with the demon is pretty cool too, especially when the nunchucks are sitting in the like the lightning strikes and the yes. nunchucks are sitting in the mouth of that gargoyle, right? Magical nunchucks, awesome. Yeah. All right, those are the major moments I've got. That gets us through to the end of the movie, and the movie ends with kind of a voiceover from his wife talking about how his his life ended. In I think it was nineteen seventy three that he passed away from. I believe it was swelling on the brain. Mm-hmm. I think he had been having the, the story, at least that I read was that he had been having some headaches and somebody had given him some medication that they had and that it was a brain swelling due to an allergic reaction to the medication that he had been given. So that's ultimately what ended up causing his death. And, and was he only, what was he only 32 at the time? 32 or 33. Yeah. He was, yeah, he was a young man. Yeah. So, so he dies in 1973, and unfortunately, his son will die almost exactly 20 years later in 1993. Mm-hmm. So, all right, those are the major right. moments I've got. We're going to get into our deeper thoughts. We've already kind of been sharing a little bit here and there, but any other major moments? Anything else? Any other parts of the movie before we get into opinionating a little bit more on it? All I've got is, dude, that's awesome. Dude, this is awesome. Uh-huh. Dude, check out more awesome. So, yeah. I think All right. Well, let's, that's let's, what I got. let's go into the underground fight club lair, and we'll dig a little deeper. And now, deep thoughts. I have an opinion on this matter. Don't mince words, Bones. What do you really think? I like it a lot. Wow. It's, it's very deep. Thank you. All right. So I think it's a foregone conclusion that we've all pretty much either said or intoned that we like this movie. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I sure as heck do. I feel like that's a pretty accurate statement. So let me start with this one for you, Pat, because you are the one that had seen this movie before. When when you saw that this movie was on the list, what was the first image that popped into your mind? Like, what is the, if you had to narrow it down, like, what's one of the most memorable parts or pieces? Or what was it when, when you looked at the list for 93 movies and you saw the Dragon, the Bruce Lee story was on there? What would have been the first thing that would have popped into your mind? I have seen this movie so much. Yeah. And I've seen I've watched this movie I think the week it came out. I know my buddies and I went and went and saw it in the theater. So maybe the whole movie popped through my head. Oh. Like honestly, I I wish I could narrow it down like yeah. I mean that awesome cover. You know, like the the cover of like it looks like the the rising or setting sun and he's doing like that jumping kick on it. Maybe that's like the image I think of when I think of this movie, that demon, right? And him fighting the demon would be would be one that comes to mind it's hard it's hard for me to narrow it down just because i've seen it so much like literally the whole movie pops in like through my head yeah i'm sorry about that man no 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 bo now that you've seen it mm-hmm. what do you feel like is one of the most memorable things about this movie i think it's that it's that fight scene on the movie set like mm-hmm. when that guy tracks him down and they just go at each other, you know, yeah. I, it's hard to pick a memorable fight from a movie like this, but that one sticks out in my head. I think more than the rest, or maybe the moment when he looks at his wife and goes, don't go far, honey, this is going to be over in 60 seconds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I I think for me it's it's probably the first fight in the the underground lair part mm-hmm. of it because it was just it was such a fun fight and there's so many fun moments in this one in that one and and just the kind of the the blend of the exaggerated nature of a lot of of kung fu movies martial arts movies and and just how well this movie kind of blended those pieces together but uh, yeah no I, I I really enjoyed really enjoyed watching this movie. Yeah, I, I I I like some of the stuff where like the guys challenge him when he's working out at college. Yeah, you know, and they they're saying all the the bigoted stuff and all that. And my dad you know, was killed by a Korean. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. great. I'm not Korean. <laughs> right. right. I I'm don't American. care. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and he says I'm American. You know, I just I thought the way they handled that was great. Him that he just like wanted to change that image you know i i thought that was really i thought that was awesome i mean the way they showed the perspective switching where they go to the movie and she's laughing and all of a sudden the camera pans over and she realizes that she's laughing at a character basically making fun of the chinese right and he's just sitting there he's just like like not laughing she's like let's just get out of here but what i love is that like after he whoops those guys like he's walking out and a bunch of them run up and they're like hey no it's just can you teach us that i'm like dude that's awesome yeah and um, I would like to take some lessons. I would like to teach you. Yeah. 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 It's, I thought that, I thought that whole thing was, was pretty awesome. Yeah. Pretty awesome as well. The, the, the stuff with the green Hornet was great. I mean, and that's, what's, what's funny is you think of the whole 1960s Batman. Remember when the green Hornet and the Batman would match up uh-huh. and then like Batman would fight green Hornet and then Robin would have to fight Bruce Lee. And, yeah. and you'd think, how far he would have to like spar down to make it look like the guy that played Robin actually would have a chance 
you know mm-hmm. um you know that's that's just funny to it's just funny to think about all that stuff what was the one other the one other scene i was going to say that i really like and i can't remember it now because i like the whole thing so i'll probably just think of it and like interrupt you in like 30 seconds but oh that's fine yeah i just i thought there were just so many good like i said the fights were great but there were there were more so many great scenes that paid homage to like his outlook on things his philosophy on things and like i said even though it's it's there's a lot of you know it's a euphemistic look at his life it it did capture aspects of reality and there and aspects of his philosophy you know yeah so it's it's cool so what would you say would you say bruce lee is your favorite martial arts you know in terms of like martial arts movies would you say he's your favorite out of all of them I mean, it's it's really hard to like it's really hard to choose favorites yeah. you know or, or is, he, is he the one that got you started so it's interesting yes and no i mean for me yeah like you grew up you always knew bruce lee and i remember watching all his movies i remember when this came out you know because my folks weren't really into movies like that so i'd check out uh what was it? It was Saturday mornings. It was like Samurai Theater on Saturday mornings on one uh-huh. of the channels around Chicago. Yeah. I remember checking all that stuff out or, you know, catching that. But I remember this movie really kind of was like, oh, wow, I better go check that out. Enter the Dragon, you know, and that's when I started really watching those movies. <clears throat> and then when I got to college, the martial art I studied, there was a school there and it was a bunch of the music people were all in, <clears throat> excuse me, were all involved in it. So that was kind of like, well, if half the music department is studying this martial art, you get involved. And then it was when The Matrix came out. I remember seeing The Matrix and like walking out of the theater and doing two things. One, looking at the guy next to me that also studied that, the, the hard and go, studied the martial art that was being taught up at our school. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm coming to class on Monday. And two, I bought another ticket for The Matrix. So it was kind of like a combination yeah. of, of things that, that did that. But yeah, like all the Bruce Lee stuff was definitely on repeat play and i mean jackie chan that guy is just amazing i loved watching jet lee tony ja in yeah. the well now i'm going i'm just laundry listing it all but like any of the ong bak yep. uh, movies i mean those things are incredible and you know just all the ones that like are the and i i i, I go and i pay 10 bucks and get like a collection of 100 kung fu movies on yeah. five dvds you know what i'm saying and just watch all of them because it's there it's just fun well, that's I, I still haven't watched through them yet, but I did inherit when my dad passed away. There were a couple of different things that I grabbed out of his DVD collection, and one of it, one of them was his, was it seven? I'm looking behind me real quick. One, two, three, four, five, six, maybe seven or eight. He mm-hmm. had the series of the Zatoichi movies. Okay, okay. And, like, and, and he loved watching those. Like He'd watch those. He, he'd repeat watch those pretty regularly. Right. So I, so I grabbed those. I've got them back over here. I just haven't really had much of a time, much of a chance to watch them yet, but yeah, there's so many, so many fun movies. And I remember same thing. I remember like I'd be flipping around on TV and there just, there happened to be, I wouldn't even know what they were called. I, there just happened to be something mm-hmm. on TV and I, I'd catch it like in the middle of a fight. I'm like, all right, I'm watching the rest of this then. Yeah. But I always remember, I think probably I, I would say my first what kind of got me into watching more of the martial arts movies was probably Jackie Chan. Cause I remember we watched, mm-hmm. my dad would watch a few of their movies, a few of his movies. And I think a drunken master was one of the first ones we oh, saw and yeah. a police story. I remember seeing that mm-hmm. one. And so that was probably my Jackie Chan was probably my, my gateway into the rest of, uh, you know, then, then catching some of the movies of like Donnie Yen and mm-hmm. oh, and, and my dad loved Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. So the, the scenes, oh, with, yeah. the scenes with Michelle Yeoh fighting the, the sword fighting in the dojo. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
No. Bo, what about you? What was your, did you have a, a gateway into kung fu movies and, and martial arts movies? It was probably Rush Hour and The Matrix for me, really. Okay, yeah. I may have seen stuff before that because, only because I know I've seen some of those old school dubbed kung fu movies, yeah. but I I can't tell you for sure if I saw them before rush hour, you know, yeah, that might've been the thing that spurred me to check those others out, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you knew of their existence because there was all the spoofs of them and whatnot. So it's hard to really say for me, I think. Yeah. You know, I, I think too, is that when you look at like, we were talking earlier, well, was this a joint project? Was this, you know, it, it, like an actual Hollywood martial arts movie and all that. What's interesting is we're talking the late nineties where rush hour really made that happen. And then like the matrix and then you had jet Lee was in lethal weapon four. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And that brought that aspect, you know, martial arts into it. And then it was like, after that, that became the thing where like, whenever you were doing a film, you had like, the actors many times would go through like extremely rigorous. I'm studying martial arts for three months and you had all the born movies and, and you know, the, the mission impossible movies and the bond movies and the like GI Joe movies. And, you know, like, well, and even going through the two thousands coming down the stretch, like aspects of it in, in like the Marvel movies and, you know, a little bit, some of the characters in the X-Men movies and I'm drawing a complete blank on what I also was going to say. I can't remember. So I guess it doesn't matter, but all these movies, like they would put those aspects in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you know, some different fighting. Oh, I know like dark Knight, and yeah, yeah. you'd get different, you'd get different martial arts that would look a different way. Oh, the, and the Sherlock Holmes movies, right? The ones that is a guy, Richie with, ah. Yeah. I mean, Sherlock Holmes, the, the stuff that Robert Downey Jr. Did, does in there. And again, it's it's like it's interesting because that became such an aspect of Hollywood movies. That just became what, what you would have to do to make a to movie. You know what I'm saying? Like that became part of that, that the aspects of all the fight scenes in those movies. All right. Do we have anything before we get into our three questions, which is going to going to continue our discussion of favorite martial arts scenes and martial artists and, and all that other stuff. Do we have anything else about the movie itself? Um, great, great movie. If you haven't seen it, definitely give it a watch. Keeping in mind that if you're looking for a, a, a hard factual representation of the life of Bruce Lee, this is not going to give you that, but it's going to give you a good balance, kind of the, the heart and soul of the Kung Fu movie balanced with a art an artist's rendition of the retelling of Bruce Lee's life. Great music. The theme is awesome. Yeah. I mean, the theme yeah. is just so dramatic and it's interesting because on the trailer, they didn't use that music, mm -hmm. but I've heard that they've used this theme from dragon. They've used the theme in many other like movie trailers. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, when he's standing on the top of the platform at the end there and they're all doing their oh. thing, and then, come on. Yeah. Yeah. 
he like shakes his head out like a lion shaking out its mane, you know, and <laughs> mm-hmm. he's like, I'm just like, that is wicked awesome. I'm not going to lie, man. Don't I get a little misty watching that scene. I thought about you when I watched it. That, there it it's is, like, man. this is, this is, this is cool for Pat. Pat yeah. is digging yeah. this. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it, like, yeah. And I'll tell you too, that was the other thing. That was the major scene. I thought when he finally, when he's sitting there in the theater and it's just like dead quiet, He's like, let's get out of here before they hang before us. Before they lynch us, yeah. Right. Before they lynch us. And then all of a sudden, everyone's clapping and cheering, and then they and just... Crying, and... Yeah, and they, like, and suddenly they bust out in the streets lifting him up, and... Yeah. I mean, it's... it's and while I doubt awesome. that particular thing happened, I doubt they carried him around the streets like that, I am sure there was some serious emotion tied to that movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's like a, it comes like this icon. Same thing. Like when he beats the guy in one minute, right. Right. Uh, And you know, you know, like the music at the end of that is, it's just outstanding. So, and you can watch, you can find old video of him at that demonstration. He didn't get into a fight and have to beat a guy in one minute, but like his demonstration was, he was doing some stuff that was just like, you know, like pretty incredible. Like he was, they, he was doing like his one in punch, one inch punch and guys are flying away. And I mean, just all sorts of cool stuff. And you can find the videos on YouTube. So it's cool. That's so that awesome. was the only other thing I wanted to mention was the music. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, you guys have dishonored my family. So I'm challenging you to three questions. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, three questions. Question number one, what is your favorite martial arts fight scene in a movie or TV show? Uh, Pat, I'm starting your timer now. You have 40 minutes. You're making me go first? Yes. (laughs) Aren't you afraid I might steal somebody's? Yeah, okay, Pat. Uh, Bo, go ahead. Well, <laughs> mine's pretty easy. I mean, I think I said that uh, my gateways to this are probably The Matrix and yeah. Rush Hour. So, and, and to be honest, when I read the question, a couple flashed through my head that I, I'm not even sure I remember what they're from. Mm-hmm. So I went with the dojo fight scene in The Matrix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Yeah, It's probably not the best ever, but it is pretty awesome. And it sticks in my head, you know? Yeah. And that scene has been thematically reused so often. Like, I, I think what keeps that scene fresh in my head is a similar scene from Doctor Strange, right? Where he's in a dojo-like setting. And while it's not true martial arts, because they're doing all the woo-woo mm-hmm. wizardry stuff, it is definitely calling back to these type of martial arts scenes right where they're in that sort of environment so i think that's the one that i had to i had to stick with yeah it, it was just an epic scene and and 
I remember seeing the matrix for the first time. Right. Oh, wow. And, and I just, mean, what, a, what a mind job. And I'm just yeah. like, Oh my God. Like, I didn't know movies could do this. This is amazing. Yeah. Like what is going on? You know, like I know I'm going to see this movie a hundred times this week, you know, like, and you're just watching that and everything that's flying at you all of a sudden, wait, this is a Kung Fu movie. What? What? Like that was just such a great scene. And then when and then when Mouse runs in and she's just like Morpheus is like Neil and they all like just go busting yeah. in to watch. Right, that is just great. And that's when they crank in with the with like the 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 like the metal hip hop music. That was that was outstanding. I got it. While we're on the topic of the Matrix, I think because I re- I do really enjoy that scene, the dojo fight. But I think I think my favorite fight in that movie is the subway mm-hmm. fight. Mm. Also solid. I do like the subway fight. Now, I and this is not my answer for favorite martial arts fight scene in a movie, but one of my favorites, and I the reason I'm not doing it is because there's there's such a combination of CGI with the fight is in the Matrix Reloaded when you have him fighting the multiple Agent Smiths. Mm -hmm. Like that is one of my favorite fight scenes in any movie. But I I opted for my answer to this question. I opted to choose something that was a little bit less. CGI heavy for one of my options, but yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah so that, that's yours, Bo? Yeah. Yours is the Matrix? Yes. Okay. All right. Oh, I had a I had a bit of a struggle good. with this one because I had, and, and Pat, I'm sure you're going to mention some of these in yours. My struggle with this is I I love so many of the scenes from the, the different Jackie Chan movies like Legend of Drunken Master, Police Story, you know, a lot of those. The fight... The Donnie Yen fight in Ip Man, where he's fighting the mm-hmm. the multiple guys at once. And I mentioned the Michelle Yeoh in a Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Mm-hmm. I think... Oh, man. I was going to say the mall fight in Police Story. Mm-hmm. Because having grown up on the Blues Brothers, I do love a good fight that can also destroy a mall in the process. Mm-hmm. Along with car chases that can destroy malls in the process. Uh, do you have a Miss Piggy? I almost said Kill Bill from some of the fight scenes in Kill Bill. I oh, almost yeah. I almost went with that. I think I think the combination of the visuals with the fight and just how how I think I probably held my breath during the entire scene. I think I got to go with the Michelle Yeoh fight in the dojo in Crouching Tiger. Okay. In fact, that that movie is one of the first ones I'm I'm kind of waiting. I I got it for Christmas, not this Christmas, but I think last Christmas. I got the 4K Blu-ray of Crouching Tiger in one of the steel case movie cases. Mm-hmm. I got that one last Christmas, and I have not watched it yet. I, I think I'm waiting until I I get my my upgraded TV at some point, and that may be one of the first ones I watch on there. But just that that movie is so the, the martial arts are amazing in that movie, but that movie is also just so pretty. Yeah. That's the fanciest word I can come up with. With all my education and having been an English mm-hmm. teacher, the best word I can come up with is it's purdy. It's purdy. Yeah, but it's what a, what a great movie. Yeah. That's awesome. John, for a second, I thought you were going to say the lightsaber duel in The Phantom Menace. I you know what? I almost did. I was almost going to I was almost going to give that one as an option. Mhm. Yeah. But I mean it's 
and, and, I, and I didn't even mention I didn't even mention Booney and Seven Samurai, and I didn't yeah. even mention any of that. Yeah, I, there's so many options. There's the hallway fight. Although I, I think of that one as a little bit more of just like a scrappy fight. There's the hallway fight in the movie Old Boy. Um, mm-hmm. That that was always a fun one. And then they they reused that. If if you guys watched the TV show Superman and Lois, they reused that in one of their uh, I think in in this last season. They use that as one of their fight scenes. They kind of did did an homage to the hallway fight from Old Boy. Okay, but yeah, I, there, there's a lot of different options. There's, and I could have gone with any number of the stuff from the Matrix or Rush Hour or any of those. But yeah, I think I gotta, I gotta go. I have to make a decision, and I think the decision is gonna yes. be Crouching Tiger. Yeah, yeah. Well, I gotta. I've I've got to say the final fight in enter the dragon right okay. like i i just think that's it's 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 epic and it's bruce just looks like amazing just watching him move on camera i've even heard reports that he was so fast they had to slow the camera down because it didn't look right mm. you know what i'm saying mm. but it's yeah like he he looks just so good in that and i mean it's the iconic he's in the mirrors and he's fighting Han. And meanwhile, like there's this whole big battle Royale going on up in his, on the Island. And so that's, that's gotta be like one of my favorites. Like you said, Jackie Chan has just done so much amazing work and was so there in the nineties, like just so much when you could get access to it. The legend of the drunken master was an amazing film. And the final fight in the smelting plant is it is it is amazing what that what that guy does and the choreography and just what he, what he does with his body. I mean, it's 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 just amazing. So I'd have to definitely mention the Jackie Chan fight with the the smelting plant. Yeah, and uh, Matrix for me, yes, you know, it's it's yeah, like all of that in the Matrix that you mentioned, the, the dojo fight scene, the the subway fight scene. He's beginning to believe. I mean, it's just like that gives you chills. I mean, it's like that's just awesome. And uh, you know, the thing goes back and forth. And I, I mean, I love the scene in that too, where he's like fighting, 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 and then he gets his hand blocked, and then he just sticks his fingers out and spears him in the throat, like builds up, and he just gets that last little bit. And and I mean, that's that's great. And yeah, I know I hear what you're saying in those later movies with, when they add some of the CGI in there, but you know, you, you, with all the Smiths. Yeah, that, that was heavy on the CGI. But on the flip side, you get that Chateau fight where he's got to fight all of the yeah. Merovingians guys. Yep. I mean, that thing is just, that, that is just epic. You know, when he blocks the, he blocks the, he blocks the, whatever the big axe thing is, he blocks it with his hand and he starts bleeding. And it's like, they start playing, and you just see the blood dripping on the ground. It's just, you know, you get this cool baseline. He's like, you see? He's just a man. And then, yeah. I mean, then it just goes on from there. I mean, that's just, that's just awesome stuff. And then you get all the stuff in the car and yeah. Yeah. So I, you, you asked for one, I was able to narrow it down to three, which oh, was yeah. really sticks, but that's okay. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't be a, I wouldn't be a, an eighties, nineties movie podcaster. If I didn't point out that I really did not mention the, one of the best martial arts movies ever created is 1985's The Last Dragon. Okay, there you go. Show enough. 
shown up. I still, my, one, of, you, one of my favorite lines in that movie kind of made me think of some of the stuff when they were when they were talking in this one. Like you told us to master something along the lines of you told us to master the art of fighting without fighting. I went you. I did one better. I mastered the art of fighting without knowing how to fight. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, man. I and you know you even had a little Jackie Chan busting a move in in a Cannonball Run, which was fun. Yeah. yeah. Which was very fun. So, well, and if you need if you need a, a quick watch, you could always go with Kung Fury. Kung Fury, man, that that <laughs> is that is a half hour of awesome. Yes, it is. It is so much fun. That is crazy. You know what's interesting is my when I used to study like one of the masters, one of the grandmasters that of the art that I that I studied for a time. He worked, they, he was out in LA and he had worked as an advisor on some Hollywood films and stuff. Oh, really? And he actually, and he was actually an advisor on Total Recall. Oh, which, cool. Which, yeah. And, and first blush, you don't think, I, I never thought of Total Recall as like a, no. a Kung Fu movie or a martial arts movie, which the art I studied wasn't Kung Fu. So, I mean, it wasn't like, right. you know, that. But then when you go back and you see some of like the joint lots and the takedowns and just some of the hand to hand stuff, it's like, Oh, I see that. I mean, it was, it was, it was pretty cool. And, and like I said, it's just like, as that was, and I mean, total recall was, what was total, was that, have we covered that one or is that coming up? Oh yeah. No, we've covered that one. Yeah. That was was 87, I think. No, it was 90. Okay, It was 90. It was 90. Okay. But I mean, still that was right when all of that stuff was just working its way into Hollywood mainstream. Yeah. You know? So yeah, it's cool stuff. All right, number two, fight club hypothetical here. If you could have any two martial arts fighters face off against each other, who would you choose? I mean, I hate to go for the low-hanging fruit, but Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan. There you go. I went with kind of my, when I was narrowing down my favorite scenes, I went with the two that probably would have been in my top two favorite scenes. I went with Jackie Chan and Michelle Yeoh. Well, there you go. I'd happily throw in a Donnie Yen in there, too, if we want to have a three-way fight. Hmm. Pat, how long did it take for this question to melt your brain? Yeah, it's, I, yeah, not, you know. Well, and as far as, like, okay, if we're doing a movie scene where you get to do all the choreography, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's, it's just an awesome choreographed, like artistic thing, you know, like I could see, boy, that is just, that is just so hard. Like, I mean, I would love to see Jackie Chan versus, right. Yeah. I mean, because they do such amazing stuff, you know, like almost like a Jackie Chan versus like, like a John Wick type thing, Mm, you know? Because they're just, those are, Jackie Chan is just a master of incredible choreography, just like kinetic action. Everything just flows so well. And, you know, you look at the John Wick movies and it's just one big roiling, whirling dervish of excitement and violence, you know? So, I mean, that would be, that would be an interesting thing. But the Jackie, but the hard part of that mashup is the Jackie Chan stuff there's an element of fun. I mean, sure there's, it's violent, but I mean, there it's fun. Whereas the John wick, it's very much violent. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? 
so yeah so i don't know i thought about like that that would be cool you know like the other thing would be it would be really cool to see like bruce lee's character in dragon versus tony jaw's character from ongbok right Mm -hmm. like that would be that would be pretty epic I, i think that would be pretty awesome scene so i also thought of that one but then like in reality like seeing like what would what would this fight really look like i mean that's kind of like what they are doing with like ufc right which mm-hmm. was the whole my like my basic understanding and any stuff that i'm saying on this podcast man if there's there's plenty more knowledgeable people out there like feel free to like email in and set me straight if anything i said was malarkey but my understanding of like the original ultimate fighting championship was the grace was the gracies trying to prove that Brazilian jiu-jitsu could stand up to any martial arts and all that. And that was kind of originally what they were trying to have is like the different martial arts kind of all coming together. And in that sense, I would really, that kind of, that's, that's where you get to see this play out. You know what I'm saying? Because you get to see these guys that and gals that train basically just in fighting. Right. And it's not any one set style, but it's just, everything possible just to be the ultimate fighter right so in that sense i I would i would really have enjoyed to see seeing if bruce lee were alive today you know what what would that take be on the ultimate fighting i I would have to imagine that he would think it was I, i would i would imagine he'd be incredibly positive on it because that's exactly what he was talking about where he didn't want to rely on any one set form he didn't want to rely on any one set way, which is why he came up with the whole philosophy, be the water, which looks great on a t-shirt. And I've got plenty of those t-shirts, but like that was the whole basis of his philosophy on that was you, you don't want to have form. You want to just be able to be whatever your opponent isn't. And so I, I would imagine it would be great seeing him go up against like someone in like a UFC type fight. Which, according to the stories, happened all the time on the streets of Hong Kong and on sets and movies and all that. Like, he'd get challenged for fights. Yeah. But, you know, we we, we don't have it recording. Recorded. You know, like the like the director said, that was the best fight scene I've ever shot. Yeah. And he pulls the Tears, it out, out, tears so. it out of the camera. So, anyway, sorry, man. There's my, like, long answer to your question. Oh, not at all. No. You actually gave me time to think of another really great example of, of two people I'd like to see fighting. All right, man. I'm, I'm going to throw this one out there. I would love to see Jackie Chan fight Rowdy Roddy Piper's character from They Live. That's outstanding. I want to see that ridiculously long fight in the alleyway next to the dumpsters and everything. I want to see that fight, but Jackie Chan and Rowdy Roddy Piper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Solid choice. I have come here to chew bubblegum and roundhouse kick. Mm-hmm. And I'm all out of bubblegum. That's right. All right, question number three, final question for this episode. What is your, because of course we always devolve into a food podcast. Question number three, what is your favorite food to order at a Chinese restaurant? Whether you're staying there or it's a buffet or takeout or or whatever your options are. What is your, what is your go-to item that you always have to get? Beef and broccoli. Mm -hmm. Good choice. Good choice. 
What about you, John? A lot of times I always enjoy a good cashew chicken. I didn't realize that that was a lot of my family lives around Springfield, Missouri. I did not realize that that actually that dish actually started in Springfield, Missouri. Oh, interesting. There you go. Yeah. So a lot of times I go for that one. I think, though, the one that I, I might have to get every single time would have to be a, a good a good veggie roll. Mm. Good spring roll. There it is. Nice and crunchy. The, the, the mutton is nice and lean. Mm. Mutton in a spring roll, huh? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. They're so perky. Yeah. I, the spring rolls are good. Spring rolls are good. And uh, did I totally interrupt you, John? No, no, go ahead. Okay. Spring rolls good. Like, I, I love the, the pot stickers, too. Yes. Yeah. And okay. So, this is a big thing in my house. So, I have to ask boiled or fried? Do you like them soft and dumplingy, or do you like them more crispy? I always get the top dumplingy and then the bottom crispy. Okay, but you do like a little crispy. I know some people do not yeah. like it when they're crispy, and I think they're insane. But I can't help those people. You see? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't. There's only yeah. so many power cords that you can hand out. Right. Exactly. I, yeah, I, I do like a, I do like a little crispy on there. Yeah. Yeah, but I like a little burnt on my toast. I like a little char on stuff I grill. Yeah, yeah so. you want it. You want a little bit of texture, something going on, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As far as like a full dish, I, I mean, I anything. I like to have some rice mm-hmm. and just usually like a little bit of tofu or something in there. But then, yeah. like all the vegetables, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I always scan down, and if it's like something with a vegetable or two, I always like I like all the vegetables in there. And it's got to have a lot of spice. Yeah. I love spice. And Can there's I, times, and I'm, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, please. Well, I was going to say too, and I mean, like, I'm not like, I'm not like, I mean, I'm not like super hardcore spice because I know there's like people out there, you know, you know, some of my friends from Texas, John, can eat spice and hot wings that like, you know what I'm saying? Would just be like, yeah, I got to top out. Like oh, yeah. there's a, there's a limit. Like, and I'm, I am fine admitting that, but I do like some heat. And it's funny because like, there's times that I will go to a restaurant and ask for like the spicy dish and they won't believe me. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And there's, there's been a couple of times that I've gone, uh, I went out to dinner with Jason Kale and, 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 you know, former host on the, and the pod and we went to an Asian restaurant and we ordered and, and this one had levels of spice and we both ordered the same level and mine was positively mild. And he was sitting over there sweating and like, <laughs> like drinking tons of water and all that kind of stuff. And he actually told a story that when, a bro- when his brother and a friend of his go out, they actually have to order for each other because they always assume that he wants more spice than he really does. Mm-hmm. And then his friend who is not Asian can't handle the spice or doesn't like that kind of thing. So, you know, that's, that's kind of a funny story that we've noticed going to various restaurants, but I always like, I always like a little heat. Yeah. So I found slightly off topic, but I found ordered something the other day that was a a new spicy version of something I've ordered a hundred times. And I thought arrogantly, Oh, the spicy version. I mean, it'll have some kick to it. This will be good. Mm -hmm. Wow. (laughs) I was a little sweaty. My mouth was hot. Like, 
So now Pita Inn, local Mediterranean restaurant, Whoa, has a, a spicy minute. hummus. Oh, oh wow. Brother. It was good. And those people who really like spice will probably really enjoy it. I for, like for those real, real quick for those listening to the audio podcast. What you didn't see on the video is Pat made one of those cartoon motions where he suddenly disappears and there's a puff of smoke left where he was standing, <laughs> like a, a Bugs Bunny kind of a deal, or, or like the when Scooby Doo <laughs> runs out of a room and the legs are just going what like that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what right Pat right. just did. He's no longer with us. He ran to Peter in as fast as he could. But go I ahead, go ahead. Known, Bo. I should have known it would be that spicy. But to be honest, like their spicy chicken, I can handle. It's hot, but I can handle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something about the way they mix this spicy hummus. Yeah. See, Bo, I don't know if you know this, but you said the magic words. When when you have Pat in a room and you say the words Pita in, this is what happens. Oh, we'll see. Dream Weaver. <laughs> this is Bobby. Pita Inn is, that is some fantastic eating. When they put that in at right, they put a, an establishment in right near our places of employment. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Mazuka and I were like counting down the days. Like, I think we were calling, are you guys, nope, not open yet. Okay, that's great. And then I think like the first day we were going and like, we'd walk through the office and it's like, anybody want Pita Inn? We'll just bring stuff back. Like if we were bringing it in and just bringing Pita in to people. And, I have to oh, drive oh. by it. Every day on the way home from oh, work. Oh, Brother, that is a challenge. I'm not going to lie. Okay, I'm going to give I some know. free advertising to another Asian establishment that just got put in in Vernon Hills because it's the yeah. only it's the only gluten-free place that we are able Ooh. to go to that is safe oh. for my wife to Fun. eat at. Bibibop is what it's called. Okay, it, so there you go. I have just not got been put yet. In, it's, just it's where the old Kidoba used to be. Yeah. Right in front of where the mall is. So anybody I listening saw the to this, sign. I have not been in yet. Anybody listening to this who's not from the same area we live in has no clue what we're talking about. But right, uh, right. I, I would encourage anyone who does live nearby, go visit them, go buy food from them regularly because I don't want them going out of business. Like, right. We, we always I, used to I have to drive to... an hour to get to Schaumburg, Illinois, which is where the only other one close by here is. So I'm very happy that they finally built one in Vernon Hills. So is that whole chain? Gluten-free, have gluten-free options then? Everything in there is completely gluten-free. Really? Yeah. That's kind of impressive. Yeah. So it's like the only fairly safe, other than Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is pretty careful about how they prepare things. Oh, really? Yeah. So Mm -hmm. Chick-fil-A is pretty good. They have separate fryers for things. Not going to lie, that surprises uh, me. Yeah. But yeah, otherwise, uh, Bibibop being completely 100% gluten-free, it's a completely safe place to go eat. So That's really cool, man. we, uh, We go there when we can. Nice. So now, so BB Bop is Korean or do they have a, I don't recall a lane. Cause that was going to be one of my next questions. Like Donna, my wife and my wife has recently started to enjoy the food prep, the way they prep their fried rice at the Thai place in Libertyville, Thai mm-hmm. noodles. Yeah. And yeah. I am still struggling with Thai food, what to order mm-hmm. and, and, and feel happy about myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's a lot, it's very different from other Asian food. Mm -hmm. And so I'm still processing that one. Mm -hmm. So I was curious if you guys lean towards a type of Asian cuisine also. 
Yeah, this this reminds but me. I, I know. Yeah, we're actually, I, I dangerously just... hitting on the thirty something food podcast right now. But oh, that's fine. I have questions. Yeah, so I looked it up really fast on their website. I wanted to say yes when you asked if it was Korean yeah. food, uh, and but I'm like, I'm not 100 percent sure. I did look on their website really fast, and their founder is he did grow up in South Korea. Okay, that's what and I so, thought because I had read about yeah. it when it opened, but you know, it has it's very I only much a vibe twenty percent these days. Yeah, I mean it's very much a vibe of like if you've gone to Chipotle. And, you know, you, you that's go what I heard. One of the guys from work went recently Yeah, and he came back and that's exactly like word for word what he said. Yeah. It's like Chipotle, but for Asian food mm-hmm. and it's good. It's really good cool. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, gotta so check that place out. I, I highly recommend anybody go because we don't want them going out of business anytime soon. Right. It's hard enough, we'll to, be, to, hard enough to be a restaurant anywhere right now. So, yeah, with food prices this- being what they are. Man, maybe we have to make a run there. Well, and we also have, we're going to be over at the district office on Wednesday for some all-day training fun, and you get a little bit oh, of an extended go. lunch break. Maybe we'll head Why there. Don't you, uh, don't you let me know when you're taking your lunch break, because maybe I'll sneak over with you. I think that is a plan. Yeah. I think um, that's a plan. There's some really good There's some really good restaurants up and down the strip there. Oh, there are. You know, yeah, yeah. and d- different, like, I know there's a number of Korean places. I know, like, just even going into Mudline, there's a bunch of sushi places. Yeah. Well, speaking some, of sushi some... places, the other thing we've been really happy with lately has been sushi Thai in Vernon Hills. Oh, I thought. Okay. Uh, okay. I do love sushi. And then you said there's a Thai restaurant in Libertyville, so that Thai Noodles be... Cafe. Mm. Okay. I I, and, I uh, have to agree with my wife, and not just because she's my wife, but their fried rice is very good. That's I'm just cool. struggling branching out. I think the the heavy peanut influence. While I don't mind peanut, right? I think the sauce and I are still negotiating. Yeah, still working. Yeah. Mm. I'm just. I'm like. I'm just writing down Hunger. everything that everyone is saying. Hunger. <laughs> so. Hunger. Food. Food. All right. Well, before oh, we wrap yeah. up this episode and go get something to eat, I did want to point out very quickly, because I always like to to throw out some little shout outs for any of our other buddies out there who are doing some podcasts. And Pat, you had mentioned kind of a little bit ago about Total Recall. So I was going to point folks back to our episode that we did on Total Recall, which is mm-hmm. all the way back in June of 2020, episode 302, titled It's Not a Tumor, It's a Tracking Device was our episode mm-hmm. on Total Recall, which we did in conjunction with our buddies from the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast, Jason Colvin and D. Graves. They visited as guest hosts with us on that one, so I can give both us and them a shout-out at the same time. So if you head over to 30podcast.com and look up in the search on there, if you look up Total Recall, you will find episode 302, Total Recall, with the guys from the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this one. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We are at, like I said, 30podcast.com is our website. If you want to find us on the social media stuff, that is 30, the number 30, podcast. We are at 30podcast. What do we got coming up here? We've got, over the next little bit here, we've got our Patreon episodes. If you're joining us over there on Patreon, you get a lot of great bonus stuff. For February, which is our next month coming up, our Patreons are favorite love songs of the 80s and 90s. That's our full episode. And then I'm doing a couple of quick little Patreon shorts. They're about 15 ish minute episodes i'm doing one on staying alive from 1983 the sequel to saturday night fever if you haven't heard of or seen that one go check it out it i will i will say 
somewhat embarrassed just a little bit. I have seen that movie an inappropriate amount of times. <laughs> and I can't even tell you why. I think I first spotted that movie like staying up way too late way too late one night and like turning on the TV and being like what is this? And then finding out it was a sequel to Saturday Night Fever. I'm like, well, now I have to watch it. And then for some weird reason, I've seen that movie maybe at least 10 times. Hmm. I don't know why. I'm not sure anybody should have seen Staying Alive more than 10. Well, I'm not sure anybody should have seen Staying Alive more than maybe like once or twice. You are a very strange man, John. I, I'm not going to. I have, I do have some issues. Yeah. So, one of the Patreon shorts will be Staying Alive from 1983. The other one will be The Dead Zone from 1983. So throw mm. some of those out there. And then our month next month for February is our theme is What's in a Name? So all of our movies have names in the title. We've got Dave. We've got Searching for Bobby Fisher. We've got Benny and June. And we've got Carlito's Way. And then as we dive on into March, our March Patreon, not sure yet what the Patreon shorts are going to be. We'll, we'll get that in there in just a little bit. Our March Patreon full-length episode is going to be another 1983 movie. We're, dump, we're jumping into James Bond this time around with Octopussy. And mm-hmm. then our regular episodes for March are going to be Cliffhanger, Groundhog Day, True Romance, Falling Down, and The Fugitive. <laughs> I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. I think that I month, love if, that movie. If, if I remember correctly, I think that month is the theme for that month is is titled "One Bad Day," mm-hmm. where all these characters are just having a really bad day. So, all right. Well, as always, gents, thank you so much for being here with me. I enjoy talking movies, and especially talking movies with the two of you. Thank you, John, for having us as always. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, John. What a great movie this was to talk about. All right, folks, if you have not watched this one before, Dragon the Bruce Lee story, go check it out. It is an awesome movie. It's got some great buttes to the martial arts kung fu movies that we love so much. So definitely go check that one out. And then any of the other movies we've talked about here, Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee, Michelle Yeoh, the Matrix movies, any of those. If you haven't seen them or if you haven't seen them in a while, go check them out. But be excellent to each other, first and foremost, and go see some good movies. We'll see you back here next time.